0: Killzone 3 this weekend too. Hmm. Uh, I just, when I saw this, I was like, it, it just reminded me how much I've missed with Killzone. And right. I sort of have missed Killzone.
1: Killzone was a pretty good game. I like Shadowfall as far as the multiplayer goes, and that single player was kind of crap.
0: Yeah, I mean, the single player, I, I didn't love it, but I didn't dislike it. Right. You know, it, it felt s- sort of safe. But I did like the, you know, multiple approaches. Not Far Cry Four level, but you know there were multiple ways to attack some of the different battles, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. And I don't know; it, it seemed like a safe thing to me. You know, it's an early game. They clearly were aiming a little bit more towards pushing the graphical envelope than they were the gameplay. Right. But you know, I, I would, I don't, I wouldn't fault a launch game for that.
1: And you said that. um you were at the beginning of Act 4 in Diablo?
0: Yeah, that cutscene between 3 and 4 was amazing.
1: Um,
0: and I thought I was going to finish that today, which I might finish Act 4, but I forgot that there's a whole fifth act. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to remind you. I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, uh, you forgot there's a fifth act that came with Reaper of Souls, and that act is probably six hours.
0: Six hours? Holy crap.
1: Yeah, that act is pretty long
0: that would make it probably the longest act in the game, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. That and Act 1 are probably tied for the longest acts.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I know that. I've been in Act 1 for 40 hours before I ever saw Act 2.
1: Yeah, if you you mainline Act 5, it'd probably take you around 5 or 6 hours.
0: See, I don't want to mainline it because somebody was giving me a tip, and they said if you feel like you're getting close to the end of 5, don't continue and try and hit level 70 before you finish act 5 so that the end boss will drop you some good legendary stuff.
1: Well, see, the great thing about finishing act 5 is you unlock adventure mode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is well, that was what that that was the main thing to Reaper of Souls, the expansion. Did you ever play the expansion?
0: Uh I'm playing it now.
1: Yeah, but I'm at, I mean <laughs> No, no, the expansion, you, you haven't even hit the expansion stuff yet. Okay. I mean, I was talking about on PC, did you ever buy oh. the expansion? Okay. Um,
0: nope. I only made it to Act 2 on the PC. I wasn't going to buy the expansion of an Act 5 when I was only in Act 2.
1: Um. So, like, yeah. So, Act 5 and Adventure Mode was part of the expansion. Um. And Adventure Mode is where that game... It, you Honestly... When you beat the game, that's when the game starts. Uh in fact it I would go as far as to say once you hit level seventy is when the game really starts.
0: That uh, sounds very MMO-ish to me.
1: It it is very MMO-ish. I mean it's it's basically. Which ability. I've
0: never ever seen the max level cap on any MMO I've played.
1: Uh I haven't either, actually. But um the uh I oh, I most certainly hit the 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 level cap in Diablo. Um But, uh, yeah, Diablo is basically like a single player MMO, but, uh, it's adventure mode is basically you get to go back through all the acts again, um, and just do certain things. They'll give you a task. There's five tasks in each act. So that task may be clear out this cave full of enemies or, um... Kill it
0: hard, or are they, is it like clear out this cave of enemies in a minute and two seconds?
1: No, 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 nothing like that. Um, it's, it, I mean, they're just kind of standard. Anybody can finish the bounties in adventure mode. Uh, and, um, it's just especially just it, not necessarily grinding. It depends on the difficulty you play as. So, like, like an, another thing, torment. So, there's six levels of torment mode. Uh, torment, there are. Legendary items that only drop in Torment mode, as well as set pieces. You can't find them anywhere else unless you're playing on Torment difficulty. Um, they've added a new uh type of item called the Ancient, which is better than Legendary.
0: Yeah, I saw that on something. Yeah. I don't know. One of the pop-up screens, I think, in the game.
1: Yeah. And then there's, um, yeah, like there's a ton of other stuff that they added just for torment mode. Um, and I highly suggest being level 70 before you even attempt torment mode. Um, but it's, um, with adventure mode, you get these bounties, so you can go to any act you want to, you can pretty much just teleport wherever you want to in adventure mode, um, and in act, uh, so like you say you want to do an act. So do act one. One of them, one of the bounties may be just clear out this many guys in this area. Another bounty may be kill the skeleton king. You know, so, the, you know, the, there's bounties for like bosses and stuff like that too. When you finish five bounties, you go back to Tyrael. He gives you a, um, A package. When you open that package, sometimes items come out of it. Many times it's like gems or upgrade materials, stuff like that. But the key ingredient that he gives you is Riftstone Fragments. So another part of Adventure Mode is you can open up the Nephilim Rifts. Nephilim Rifts are basically just a randomized dungeon that you teleport to. And you kill... You'll have a bar that fills up. Every time you kill something, that bar fills up, and when you get it to hundred percent, the Nephilim the Rift Guardian will show up. Uh he's a big boss you kill, you kill him. During all during this time you have chances to have like legendary shit drop. It's it's you know, it's just it's basically just like we're going out to get better shit is basically what that is.
0: Yeah, that's your that's your primary goal of doing the rifts, right?
1: Yes uh just seeing you know how fast you can do them stuff like that but then they added a new thing in the update called greater rifts which is a even more complex version of a rift so uh it it all depends on how far you can make it and you know or how, like, you can kill this many guys in how many seconds they give you like 60 seconds kill all, as many guys as you can and you kill as many guys as you can and it says okay you you can do this amount so we're going to put you at a greater rift, number four and then you can go there and it, 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 it's even harder and stuff like that. It's crazy. It, it, the amount of shit in Diablo three <laughs> is insane. Um, I really love Diablo three, but in the same, I say that because I do absolutely love that game, but I wish there was a little bit more customization. Now and I know a lot of people would probably say, there's a ton of customization in Diablo 3. My thing is is that I'm an old-school Diablo player. And the mere fact that Torchlight 2 allows me to distribute points to where I want to put them, I like that type of customization. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I it, you give me five attribute points, I can put them into strength, dexterity, whatever I want to. You know. And in, and, and in Diablo 3, which they tried to make it more accessible for, for people who had never played these type of games before, you know, you don't really have to worry about that kind of stuff uh, as much, you know. You're basically just – you're getting new abilities and then you're augmenting those abilities. Uh, and, you know, and there's a lot of synergy involved with, with the items that you equipped more than just what you put points into. So it's very interesting how they handle that stuff. And it works for the most part. That's that's the, That's the great thing about it. I mean, that – you could sit somebody down who has possibly only dabbled with video games and sit them down in front of Diablo Three and they can probably pick that up within ten minutes
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's just, it, that's that's a feat that I know a lot of people can't pull a lot of game companies can't pull off
0: yeah, I mean, I was super excited that I was finally going to see some of this end game stuff, but now it looks like it's pushed back a little while.
1: Well, like I said, whenever you want to play or whenever you jump onto Diablo, send me a text message and I'll play with you. Because I'm still trying to get that trophy to get every class to level 70. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, I've got three classes to level 70 already. Um, and then one of them has to be a hardcore character, which I did that already. Um, That was nerve wracking. <laughs> There was a so is
0: hardcore like the hardest difficulty level under Torment?
1: No. Hardcore difficulty is you make a hardcore character, and if that character dies any time, they are dead forever.
0: Huh, that's crazy.
1: And there was a few times uh, playing, fighting some bosses where I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to die. And I was already like level 60 something. I'm like, I don't want to die now because I put too much time in this character. So, uh, I used the barbarian for that because I needed something that could kind of withstand some some hits,
0: yeah, so you don't get caught off guard and
1: yeah, so I uh, got that character level 70, so I got that trophy. I want to get the platinum for that game, but uh there's a few trophies I'm still missing i I got like I said, I got to get every character to level uh level 70
0: yeah, that'll take a while, yeah, you know, it'll take me basically a lifetime.
1: Uh, not really, you know, it, if you bump up the difficulty, that, that XP bonus is crazy good. Mm. So, And now I don't have to worry about my character dying forever, you know, so if they die, big whoop, I can just, you know, return to corpse. But anyway, hey, we're recording right now, so, because um, I figured, fuck it, we'll get a little bit of game talking before we start talking about the big... The big game, the big finale. Quite the finale it is, actually.
0: Quite the interesting last three seconds of the game.
1: Yeah. Um which, you know, we'll have to get into that. But uh so welcome to the new episode of Phoenix Down. This is episode number thirty four point one. We are finishing up Parasite Eve, the square developed RPG action RPG hybrid
0: i still don't know what i want to call this yeah i
1: don't know it, it Whether is i want to
0: call it an rpg an action rpg or like a survival horror game with rpg elements
1: i think at its core it is an rpg um kind of like a strategy rpg i wouldn't say you know when i say strategy rpg people automatically think of tactics games and stuff right, like that RPG, yeah um horror tactics yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics shit like that, but I mean, this is it's very strategic as far as positioning and stuff like that during battles. Um, and I like it. Holy shit, do I like the combat in this game. Yeah. It is it it's actually pretty mundane when you think about it. Cuz all you got to do is just stay away from the bad guys, dodge projectiles, and then whenever your your bar fills up, shoot it. You know? Um, but there but there is actually some strategy involved, especially in the later parts.
0: Yeah, especially when you've got like three, say three different enemy types, mm-hmm. two or three different enemy types, and you've got different attack patterns, moving around at different speeds.
1: Yeah, um, the uh, I have found especially in the last two chapters or days of this game, haste is yes. your best friend.
0: See, I would say yes, but I always feel like it runs out. A little too quickly it to does. really like rely on it.
1: It does. And that that's the one thing that gets me it was like I was like, God I gotta cast haste again. But at the same time I'm like, should I I'm wasting a turn casting haste when I could be shooting something. So it's 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 kinda like this this, you know, catch twenty two. I don't really know what to what to use in this one. So uh but I ha- I I most definitely used haste a good amount uh throughout the uh the rest of the game.
0: I'm not sure I would have been able to beat the game without liberate.
1: No, I know I wouldn't have.
0: That was that seemed ridiculous though, because any other power, it, for me, in the later part of the game, you know, my my gun was doing roughly a hundred damage. You know, if I had a critical, it'd be a hundred and fifty or so. And I did the what is it the the, the power beam or the. I, thought, beam.
1: I found that to be completely useless.
0: Yeah, because when I was doing about 100 damage, that thing might do 150. Yeah. Or, I mean, a little more. On some of the enemies that I would do, like, 40 or 50 damage, it might do 150. So maybe three times what my normal attack was. But the fact that it uses all of your Parasite Eve power, and then also leaves you woozy afterwards. Yeah. I, I never found an enemy where, like, maybe there are some enemies that are susceptible to it like hyper susceptible to it and that's where you would want to use it but for most encounters i didn't find that necessary but that liberate ability did like 1500 damage yeah 10 times what the energy beam did
1: yeah guaranteed fucking you know that was going to be at least a thousand damage each time yeah um which was just for i used it mainly for bosses in fact i don't think i ever used it outside of a boss battle
0: yeah, I didn't either. And I actually thought there was gonna be because of how powerful it was, I thought there would be more of a stipulation. Like you can only use it once per battle. Or once per level. I don't know, it's that powerful.
1: Yeah. But it you know, that's the thing, is like but I didn't get it until like almost at the end of day five. Right. Like you I think you get it at what, level thirty three?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say thirty two. It might be thirty
1: three. Yeah. And um I, I, you know, I was I, at that point. I was like, "What's this liberate thing?" And all of a sudden, holy shit! I just did like a thousand damage this to, to to this boss. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna use that from now on. But uh, I used
0: barrier a little bit. I know you were talking about barrier in the first episode. Yeah, but the fact that I couldn't regenerate while while the barrier was on kind of screwed me over a little bit because I, you know. I should have used barrier only at times when I was at 100%. Anyway, right. That way, you know, using the barrier might bring you down to say 70%, and then you've got the whole 70% buffer. But the the few times that I activated barrier, I was already at like half energy. So then I'm down to quarter after you take out the cost of the of the barrier itself. Mm-hmm. And then basically I'm running around like oh, I still can't take too big of a hit because it's gonna wipe out the rest of my barrier. And I'm running away continuously, and I can't build up my meter over time like i normally can so i i, I felt that like i would rather just do the the heel three than the barrier most of the time
1: yeah once you get the heal three that's that's you know you <laughs> i can't remember how many hit points it does heal. how much does heal three heal
0: 180
1: 180 yeah i mean that's like
0: or 280
1: 280 280 that's yeah. yeah i mean that's either a full heal or almost half of what my health bar was at the end of the game you know, I think it, 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 when I ended the game, I think I had maybe 500 and something hit points.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I was up to about 630 by the time I was at day six.
1: Yeah, I, I can't really remember. But uh, I, in fact, I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, <laughs> it, it, well, let's just go ahead and get into it because I mean, like obviously we can't we can talk about it. But so after the big battle um, at the police station. Um we get information that uh Eve is struck at the hospital. Uh and there's a reason why.
0: Yeah, she was headed to the hospital, right? They were like, Oh, we think she's headed there.
1: Yeah. Uh she's headed to the hospital, um, and we we're not necessarily sure why. Um our scientist friend uh believes he has a couple of theories. Since he's dealt with essentially Eve before um, we're looking for a sperm bank um, i I didn't know that they had those in hospitals, but
0: yeah there's there's some weird things there this must unless this is some kind of weird specialized hospital, yeah. Like, it did not feel much like a hospital.
1: Well, I mean, it's a, it's a named hospital. Like, isn't that a real hospital in New York City? What was the name of that hospital?
0: St. Francis.
1: St. Francis. I mean, isn't that a real hospital?
0: Sure sounds like one. Yeah. There could be like a million St. Francis's.
1: I, well, I mean, I kind of figured, you know, they're they're using real real world stuff because, you know, you got Carnegie Hall. I know that exists. Yeah, And, you know, it, they got all these, you know, Central Park and stuff. like, they're not making stuff up. So, um, but yeah, so we, we head to the hospital and Eve is there, uh, or at least we feel her presence. Aya feels her presence. Uh, and we end up in the basement of the hospital, uh, and is trapped. We're trapped there because the elevator falls. And uh, she has blocked off both the stairs. So we have to figure out how to turn on the separate elevator. Um, And this is where the game starts to become Resident Evil-esque.
0: Yeah, I was going to say this part felt the most Resident Evil to me.
1: Yeah, because you're you're running around this kind of abandoned hospital um, with... Yeah, obviously creatures are running around, stuff like that. But I mean, um, you're having to find key cards to open up doors, and you know, you're having to find stuff and use it. Yeah,
0: three fuses. It.
1: Yeah, you're gonna. This, yeah, totally. This has totally got some Resident Evil in it. So you got to eventually, you know. Obviously, we. I'm not going into that, but it, this actually took a little while to do, um, because as 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 okay as this game looks for a PlayStation 1 game you say
0: okay i say fantastic okay. i think this game's gorgeous for a PS1 game
1: okay this game may be gorgeous as far as a PS1 game goes but how many times did i run by a door because i didn't realize there was a fucking door there
0: yeah and there's some parts where i, I looked like there was a door there and <laughs> there's <laughs> not yeah so i just sitting there and one thing we didn't mention in last episode is that you don't need to hit a button to open a door?
1: Yeah, she just walks right through.
0: Yeah, if you're positioned in the right position, she will automatically open the door and walk through. Yeah. So I couldn't tell what was happening. I'm like, running up against this wall face first, nothing's happening. Then I try and go back past the wall a few times, mashing on X, hoping maybe I do have to hit it this time. And <laughs> Yeah, bo- both ways, where there was a door that you can't see, and then there wasn't a door that it looked like I could see. Both of those happened to me a, a few times in the game.
1: Yeah, the, the camera angles are not helping things much. They're trying to do those dynamic camera angles kind of like in Resident Evil and stuff like that. And I'm just like I I I came through a door and I was like, "Oh, I'm back at this hallway. Fuck, I didn't even know there was a door right there that I just went through."
0: <laughs> you know, well, uh, one one quick aside, something I loved about the camera angles was how in many RPGs when they you know, the the cut to the battle area, and in this game they don't do that. You play right in, in the game world. But moreover, you play at whatever camera angle you were at anyway. Yeah. So sometimes it might be like a long vertical, like into the screen type of area. Sometimes it might be, you know, you're facing, you know, you're on the left side, monsters are on the right side. I, I I like the way sometimes that the monsters were like between me and the camera. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I I thought some of the some of the differences and some of the positioning differences that opened up based on the 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 way every fight doesn't have the same layout. I thought some of that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it it adds to the strategy.
0: Sometimes it was just restricted to an absurd degree.
1: Oh yeah, small <laughs> corridors with giant monsters.
0: Yeah, some of them were like T-shaped battle areas. Some of them were just big open squares. Um, I, I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, there, there was plenty of times where I'm just stuck in a corner saying, I wish this bar would fill up faster so I can shoot this fucker. So, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. Um, we eventually solve all the puzzles and we go up to the um, to the lobby again of the uh, the hospital. And during this time, we're still seeing this little girl running around she's she's slightly guiding us i guess yeah um still can't figure out who, who that girl is i mean she she she's she's starting to hint that i think it's my sister maya um who died in a car accident with uh their mother
0: which i hate how they ham fist some of the explanations in at the end of this game
1: yeah, they just throw it in.
0: Holy crap! That's my least. That's one of my two least favorite explanations at the end of this game. That's how she can see Maya. That
1: that that is totally like PlayStation uh, early early video game explanations for shit. Because come on, man, I like I was totally expecting that kind of shit, and, it, and sure enough, it showed up. I was just like, oh, they're just kind of just wrapping everything up and making it up at the very end. I'm just like, come yep. on, how convenient? And, you know, and I was like. Eh, I should expect this because this is a game that came out in 1998. And, you know, we can all say that storytelling in games was great. We're going to talk about Metal Gear Solid. Uh, You know, I'm sure when I go back and play this game, there's going to be a lot of fucking hell, really? You know, moments. You know, Final Fantasy VII, as much as I love that fucking story, I'm sure there's plenty of moments in there. I'm just like, really? God, this is so lame.
0: So, it kind of makes me happy that this is not based on the book. It's like a sequel to the book because if this was the explanation in the book, I am disappointed that I bought it.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we make it back to the lobby and we, uh, run into, um, a couple of nurses, uh, talking about, um, Before we even go into the hospital, how do you pronounce his name, the the scientist that's with us? Maida? 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 Oh, fucking hell. I'm butchering this Japanese name, but he tells us that um, Eve is looking for sperm to basically artificially inseminate herself. Um, Because... She is. And it, tri- it happened in the incident where he was in Japan, where the ultimate they tried to create this thing called the Ultimate Being, uh, basically trying to shed its humanity completely by creating this 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 thing that doesn't have human shit in it. I don't know. It, it, it's hard to explain. So basically. Eve is still partly human. And in order to create the perfect being, you have to get rid of your human part. So I guess you've been using human sperm would do that. It's a certain
0: Because they mentioned they were going to get rid of all of the mitochondria. And that was the problem with one of the with the first one is that they didn't get rid of all of it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it was a new process of getting rid of the mitochondria in the sperm.
1: Yeah. Uh, but while we're in the hospital, we run into a few other things. Um, uh, when we run into the nurses, we see that, uh, there are some papers laying around, um, and uh, going back to the old school, uh, storytelling of the PlayStation, huh. uh, and obvious, no shit Sherlock moments. Um, we come find out Doctor Clamp is behind a lot of this stuff. No shit. Are you? Yeah. It's like, and she acts like Doctor Clamp. What? And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I've already
0: seen the computer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like, seriously, come on. This is. Uh, I say that to myself, but then at the same time, I'm like, yes, this is a game from 1998, and I think even people in 98 would have been like, of course it's fucking Clamp, idiot. Yeah. But it, that's just how they told stories back then it's it's just it's really bad and it's sad to say that but
0: well that's interesting because uh you know maybe this is a topic for a different day but i i had a discussion once with a guy about storytelling in games and it came down to could you tell like an emotionally deep game in like a 2d platformer and so I think the answer is sort of yes and no. I think you certainly can. And Braid, I think, shows you that. Okay. But that's not a 2D platformer from when 2D platformers were the norm. Right. So just because you, you know, to say that most, like, 2D platformers don't have deep stories, I don't think is to say that you could never ever possibly tell a deep story in a 2D platformer. I think is to say that the the evolution of the way ga- of stories were told in games at the time when 2D platformers were the thing, you know, it just, storytelling wasn't at that level yet.
1: No, that's, that's absolutely true.
0: So if somebody, like, went back, like, you could take this exact game engine and tell, like, a real deep story, which at, these days makes me want to hold that against this game more. Like, you could have easily told a better story. So yeah. it's, it's kind of weird to say, yes, they technically had the ability... But it just it didn't happen, right? So it's a it's a very weird thing to me.
1: Well, I I, I say that and then I point you towards Zeno Gears, which is f- fucking as about as deep and complex as you can get for a game back in the nineteen nineties.
0: Yes, deep and complex. Yes, but is it emotionally rich? Like, do you really feel? Are you going to cry when playing that game? I I don't know. Maybe I would have at the time, but.
1: That's the thing. I mean, like a lot of people said that, you know, when Aeris died in Final Fantasy VII, that was an emotional thing. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. You know, it, it, that is a product of its time. They're all, you know, it's, I don't know what I felt when I was a kid. I remember, yeah. oh, shit. N- I no.
0: sort of wish I could go back and, you know, for for many reasons, I wish I could play a lot of these games as if it were the first time. Yeah. But I sort of wish I could go back and not play it for the first time necessarily, but feel how I felt when I played it for the first time cuz playing yeah. it for the first time now would be totally different. Still would be awesome, but it would be a totally different kind of awesome.
1: Oh, it's, it's just like me, like I had I had never played Parasite e before, but you know, when when I played played it, you know, yesterday and saw saw all these big reveals and shit and I was just like, "Of course." <laughs> you know. Like it perfect example which we're going to talk about next week but in metal gear solid i've said it a million times when it was revealed that fucking mcdonald miller is really liquid snake i shit my fucking pants i when i was a kid when i was 13 years old playing this game i couldn't believe it i was like what so i that's the thing is like does metal gear actually hold up as well as i think it does
0: I'm scared. I'm not going to lie.
1: You, I mean, as far as a gameplay standpoint, you may be a little scared, but I'm talking about story-wise. Oh, no,
0: yeah. I, I mean story as well.
1: Oh, really? I mean, Just I...
0: Because, like, like in the email that you sent, you and Ken have played this game way, way more than I have. For as much as I love the game, I've only played this game about one and a half times.
1: Right. Now, I know you've played a little bit of it. You, you uh, know,
0: yeah just the opening couple scenes and i'm terrible at it but okay
1: um i'm sure i'll be terrible at it too but uh, apparently ken's already played through it he did it
0: in the last week
1: yeah friday <laughs> i think from what he said he said he did it friday, uh, saturday morning he said he finished it in saturday morning i was like did you skip all the cutscenes? so i skipped most of them he said i memorized the game
0: see if i did that i would lose most of this game because i don't you know.
1: You don't remember most of it.
0: I remember this, some of the scenes but you know the dialogue and how the story actually unfolds. I, I I don't I couldn't say I remember that.
1: Right. Well, I'm doing Metal Gear for real. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to listen to every codex, I'm yep. going to I'm going to I'm going to do all that because I want to get kind of into the lore on the next episode. I want to talk about what Solid Snake was doing before Metal Gear Solid. A little bit, and I need Ken's help on that because I have an idea, and I'm sure if anybody mm-hmm. listens to this, including Ken, they're going to be like, "No, that's not true." I you fucked up, Drew, because I fuck up on a lot of things. So I need somebody there to say, "I
0: make a habit of it."
1: Yeah, that is wrong. Somebody needs to tell me that is wrong. So, so I'm I, but I want to get into that because me I, Yeah, Metal Gear is fucking huge, and it's it's part of my childhood, and I I I think I know about metal gear, but then again, I don't know shit. So, um, but we'll get into that next week. Uh, Parasite Eve, we're, we're back. We're, we're, we find some notes and some stuff from Dr. Clamp. Obviously he has been a part of this. So, all right. It's not revealed yet, all right, spoiler alert. We're getting into it in like ten minutes, but yeah, Doctor Clamp is the guy who basically created Eve. Dun dun dun. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But anyway, it, it, so yeah, but it, it's hinted at here. It's kind of like you know in the in Resident Evil remake when we you know we saw the slideshow of like fucking oh, yeah. scientists with yeah <laughs> with Wesker in the background. I'm like, no shit. I mean, <laughs> And then, oh, it was me all along, <laughs> well, I kind of saw you in the background of all these pictures, Wesker, so yeah, no shit so it's 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 you another one nobody <laughs> yeah exactly so it's it's one of those things of like it's hinted at that clamp has it has done some research uh on the Brays. uh and um apparently uh when the car accident happened with her mother and her sister uh they were uh organ donors which plays into something a little bit later on.
0: I got that daughter signed up early. Yeah, I
1: know seven years old. something crazy. So, um, yeah. Uh, then we run into some nurses. The nurses don't know why they use certain types of medical equipment in a hospital, which I mentioned to you in a text message.
0: Yeah. So there's two things about that. (laughs) One that they didn't know what it was used for. And two, again, unless this is some kind of specialized hospital, that is not the top thing that liquid nitrogen is used for.
1: Well, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, what is it used for? That's not gonna be the first thing on people's lips.
1: Well most of the time I think of liquid nitrogen to freeze things off, like, you know, skin things. Yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. And cell lines and patient cells and you know, you're gonna freeze these cells down to test for whatever later. You know, that's what it's mainly for.
1: Right. Yeah. So I, I, whatever, that it, another piece of dumb dialogue from the nineties. Um, so yeah, we find out that there is a sperm bank or, or they keep semen <laughs> in, in a freezer. Uh, don't really know why, but they, they keep it there in the hospital and that is what Eve is after. So we need to find a way to stop the the, the sperm, kill the sperm, basically. So we unfreeze it. Um, but Eve gets it anyway, of course. And um, she escapes to the roof. When we get up there to the roof, there is a giant mutated spider on the roof. And we have to fight it also get a cutscene of uh uh some naval guys sending uh you know f sixteens yep. to to i don't know what they were doing bomb, just gonna bomb the place are they gonna carpet bomb this place is that <laughs> I, I i don't I,
0: hospital still a bunch of people inside oh, see that's the thing i
1: like they keep this game constantly refers to People think that you're a hero or people are saying this. What fucking people? The entire place is supposedly evacuated. You know what I mean? It's almost like a ghost town, it's, or at least in the game. I mean, you know.
0: we think for Daniel it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we broke into a gun store. We broke into a pharmacy. You know, it, it looks like these places are, are completely deserted. But then they constantly talk about how there's people still here. You know, I'm like, are you just talking about the cops? The cops are still here? Is that what we're talking about? Like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but so Someone
0: does say at one point, you're the number one cop in New York City.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, I was I,
0: just like, <laughs> it was so ridiculous.
1: I was like, at this point, aren't me, you, and three other guys the only cops left in New York City? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I was like, so it's, you know, Slim pickings, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah one.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. It's. it's, it's Kind of dumb, it's silly. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, uh, trust me, we're gonna get to some silliness. Um, but the uh, you know we go up to the roof. Uh, like I said, we get a we get. There is obviously a naval carrier close to New York City. We don't know exactly where, but we do get a cutscene of like an admiral so it's sending jets to to New York to shoot at something i don't know what i guess the spider but the spider or or eve like the pilots like melt inside of the 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 jets and the jets crash and it's you know it's they're just trying to show off cgi it seems like um i
0: thought there was a healthy amount of it in the game
1: there was a ton of it in the game
0: especially at the end you see lots of cool stuff yeah it looks a little bit like uh ghostbusters actually when that the one cut scene uh in a bit when the all of the nonsense from the people in the park
1: right 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 the shoot swine.
0: up out the manhole covers and congeal into this enormous being and then stomp down the street
1: yeah that's that's totally like ghostbusters 2 yeah um but so yeah uh we have to fight the spider which Truth be told, I'm not really going to talk about much of the the boss fights leading up to the final boss because I didn't have any problems. Did you have any problems for the rest of the game?
0: Uh, no. I think I died once or twice on at the end of day 5. Okay. Hey, that that was it.
1: All right. So, uh we kill the spider. You know, there's this you know, she, she jumps to the uh, like the, the window cleaner, yeah, rack or whatever. I don't know what that's called. Scaffolding, I guess. And I would have liked
0: to see just a touch more strategy required in the boss fights. Not necessarily the regular fights, because I think they were fine for what they were. Yeah, but at least some of the bosses, I would have liked to see some more pattern recognition required.
1: Well, see, the problem is, is that the bosses are you're in this tight, tightly closed arena. There's not much you really can do. Like you know. with
0: the with the crab coming up did you did you fight the crab did no. you go to the warehouse no uh there was a giant crab giant enemy crab <laughs> and the only like the the strategy was stay next to the claw don't get in front of it like that's the whole strategy sort of like the same strategy as the t-rex and all this other stuff
1: i, mean, I was about to say the, the the strategy for all the bosses is stay to the side of it <laughs> to be honest with you yeah pretty so- much
0: or stay away from it
1: I know what you're talking about now—the warehouse stuff. Yeah, I I remember. Because, There's not
0: really a, a reason to go there.
1: Yeah, I, I remember looking at the fact and saying this area is optional. I said, fantastic, I'm not going. <laughs> so uh, I I skipped that. Uh, if you want to talk about it, is that is that after Act Four or or Day Four? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, it, it, w- what it what all is involved with the warehouse?
0: Walking inside. Collecting some stuff, fighting a crab, and leaving. Okay. Like, there's no real reason to go there.
1: To get anything good.
0: You know, uh, throughout day four and five, there was one thing I wanted to ask you about. Is did you ever use the? There's like a grenade launcher and a rocket launcher, and never once. I never actually never used them. I tried to equip them a couple times, but I don't know if I had to equip them before I got into a battle or something. I tried to use them, and I couldn't a couple of times, so I gave up on them.
1: My thing is I, I found the, um, God, I can't remember what it is. I think it's a, it's a SIG um, uh, assault rifle. Shoot, it, it shoots twice. It has amazing range on it. I upgraded that sucker a ton, but then I found a, a 1911 handgun uh, that I just kind of switched over to that brought all my brought all my stats over. It does 3 damage or it does 3 shots. But they sh- it shoots really fast. For some reason I went back to a handgun because I you only get 2 shots with the assault rifle and it was it was kind of slow.
0: Yeah, my assault rifle was awful because I used essentially for the whole game I used the G3A3. Uh-huh. Which only did one shot.
1: Mm.
0: Now it was like I said it was roughly 100 damage by the end but man that was slow
1: so what did you end up using for pretty much the rest of the game
0: that was it the g3a3 really
1: huh. i i switched over to the handgun again i i, I found a 1911 which i was like okay i i know what a 1911 is so i'll uh i'll use that you know that's the that's the classic american gun the you know <laughs> the I, do you know what a 1911 is Okay, uh, it's, if you look, if you look it up and you see it, you will see, yes, I've seen that in a ton of action movies. So it's, uh, so that's, that's the gun I use. I, I moved all my special abilities over to that thing. Um, and I just started buffing it, and that's what I used throughout the rest of the game. It wasn't doing, it actually wasn't doing that much damage, but I was able to hit three times in a relatively fast Mm -hmm. succession. I think I was doing probably about 60 damage. But it was like sixty sixty, sixty, yeah. yeah, so I stuck with that for throughout the rest of the game um see so yeah, after after that that's the end of day four, going into day five, do they even explain why we go to Chinatown, or is it just on the map, and that's where we go?
0: Oh, what did he say?
1: I can't even remember. Granted, that was two days ago, but for some reason I can't remember it.
0: Is it, that was it from Chinatown that we went down into to the, the sewer? Se- yeah, sewer?
1: And then we ran into the blob.
0: Yeah, I don't know if the if it was was it Chinatown specifically we wanted to go to, or did they just say, "Oh, you need to go to the sewer," and that's under Chinatown. It
1: may have been. I don't know. Needless to say we go to Chinatown. Big trouble in Little China. Um and we um go down into the sewers. Uh which I should mention day 5 is the longest day out of the entire game, hands down. And uh, by the end of it I was ready for it to be over with.
0: Yeah, especially have, since I did the warehouse first.
1: So I what what ended up happening was I got down into the sewer and truth be told, I haven't been using much of a fact the entire game. Um, but when I got down to the sewer and everything, you, you get into these rooms where it just splits into four different ways. Somehow I got my ass turned around like three different times. And I was like, I don't know where the fuck I am or where I'm going. <laughs> and so I spent like an hour down here. And I was just like, I was I was actually getting really pissed off. But luckily it helped me level up. Because I yep. kept running into enemies, uh, those fucking bats, man. <laughs> I hated those fucking bats because their their attacks you can avoid their attacks decently, but when they get it out and you're standing right in front of it, it's gonna hit you. You can't. There's nothing you can do. It goes clear across the screen. especially like a screech. Yeah, and it's like a like, sonic screech. Yeah, a sonic boom screech thing that hits you, and it's so fucking annoying, but. Um, there was then one it
0: blinds you. Right? Yeah. So then you can't shoot back. So you have to just like putz around for a minute and wait for your blindness to go away.
1: Yeah. That, that was one of the good things was that, uh, after I had buffed up my, uh, my handgun a good amount, I started using tools that I did find to buff my, um, my protective vest, my armor. Mm. Uh, I had found a piece of armor that had resistance to poison, so I moved that ability over to the to the one that I was using. Uh, so that helped out a ton, especially in the hospital because I constantly ran into things that were poisoning me. So eventually, we make it to uh, the main part of the sewer where basically they, they they pump the water. They kept saying it was like a a water main almost.
0: Yeah, almost like a water filtration area.
1: Yeah. And uh, this is where we run into the 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 blob, for lack of a better term, because it's it's basically everybody who was killed by um
0: in, in Central Park. In Central
1: right? Park, yeah, Eve in Central Park. So everybody got turned into this big glob of, of of stuff. It basically does look like the slime from fucking Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Um. And it uh it has went into the water and we got to pump it out before it, 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 it. I can't remember. Somebody told us that we got to get it out. I think she just said it to herself. I got to get it out before it gets into the water reservoir. And I'm like, once again, isn't this town completely deserted? I'm just like, what? What? Why are we doing this? <laughs> so we pump it out. You know, and the whole time we're running into shit. But, um, yeah, it's. <laughs> to me, I found this entire part kind of useless.
0: Story wise? Well, I mean, look, not everybody's gone out of New York City. And they're going to come back at some point. So if it gets in the water, everybody's fucked.
1: This is true. So, uh, but it didn't stay there long. Once you pump it out, it comes through the, uh,. We get a cutscene of it going through, like you know, busting open all the the sewer covers and, and coming out. I thought out.
0: that was awesome cutscene.
1: And it emerges into this giant orb that's basically surrounding Eve, I guess.
0: Yeah, they say that's where she's going to birth the child. Yeah, it's like a giant protective sack.
1: So, um, when we go down, um, we we do that. And then uh we see a, a small cutscene of um the museum. something's going on at the museum uh, so we decide to travel to the museum again and once again, we're starting to go into areas I don't want to be in because every five steps you're going to you know you hear the heartbeat and then you start the fucking fight with the runway music.
0: Yeah, so this is one of the reasons I did not like RPGs at the time this game came out. I, And I still really don't. I, I praise any RPG that does not have random battles. Well, I will fight as many enemies as I want to fight as long as I can fight them when I want to fight them. Right. You know, And, and I don't mind sitting in there. And it, it sort of comes down to... What game were we talking about? Where it's it's really like when you set your expectations, when you sit down to play a game. Uh Uh-huh. Like, even if if all you're going to do is grind for an hour, if you sit down to grind and then grind, it's not a problem. But if you sit down trying to, like, get to this boss to fight it, but then instead you end up grinding for two hours, that can be frustrating. Right. So any game where I'm allowed to pick when I fight these monsters doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to fight less monsters. It means that I can plan my time better. Like, if I want to run around the museum, let me run around the museum. But, like, if I miss a turn and then have to go through four rooms to get back to where I should have gone, and then I have to fight four more monsters, that's that entire time I'm frustrated because I'm not where I want to be. Right. So, this game does that, but, every, like, so many RPGs do that, and I... It's one of the reasons I never liked RPGs.
1: The thing that gets me is that I don't think this is necessarily random battles, because once no, you, this isn't. Yeah, once you kill the enemies in in this in this in on, on this screen, yeah, when it, you're not going to get into another one. But if you leave that screen and come back, there is potential that there's going to be more monsters there.
0: Right. So in a way, this is less bad than. For me than a normal RPG, but But it's still annoying.
1: Yeah, but the the problem with me is in in the sewers and in the museum, I did not know where to go. So I had to backtrack constantly and fight these fucking monsters again.
0: And And it's compounded because those times when I'm lost and I'm trying to find my way around are not the times that I want to be in, in random battles. I just want to figure out where I'm going and then decide if I want to fight.
1: Right. So that was the thing that got me the most was just like, oh my god! Once again, though, it helped me level up, and I, this is where I eventually leveled up to to thirty three to get the the liberate ability. But at the same time, I was just like, I am so done with this area, you know. Um, but running around this museum, we, we we you know we've been running into mutated things the entire time. Now they're just the the game's just saying, fuck it, you're fighting dinosaurs. Yeah. Because I fought raptors. I fought pterodactyls.
0: And with the T-Rex, they explain it. Yeah. But with all the other dinosaurs, how did they just come back to life? Because yeah, they, it's yeah. different because with the T-Rex, it's still it. – it is very clearly a skeleton still with stuff globbed onto it. Yeah. Whereas the raptors and the pterodactyl are just straight-up ter- – it's a straight-up pterodactyl. It's not a, a – <laughs> It's not a skeleton of a pterodactyl that was reanimated. It is just a pterodactyl.
1: Yeah, the mitochondria are now able to bring back uh dead tissue apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah, except we don't have any tissue. So it's like it's it's able to animate plastic into living tissue where yeah. there are no mitochondria, which doesn't make any sense.
1: Right. Which that that's what she says, if you remember, she says, uh so that's how she's able to control um inanimate objects. And I'm like, when the fuck has she ever controlled inanimate objects? Was my question. It's like every time something she's controlled has always been living or, or in our case, the the skeletons of the, the, the dinosaurs. So, uh, traveling through the, through the museum, we eventually run into Dr. Clamp again. Uh, but well, actually we run into, uh, uh, the scientist, Medea, I'm gonna call him Medea. <laughs> uh, and he, he is actually working on something. He's not telling us exactly, but, but at the same time, we get interrupted by Clamp. Uh, and he goes on this whole spiel of how humans are pieces of shit and they're, they're weak and, you know, even though he is one of them. Uh, and he went on to this, oh, I was when one created Eve and, uh, it came from the fact that Melissa who, who, which is basically Eve took over Melissa's body. Um, yeah, Melissa was the actress yeah. in the
0: opera in the beginning.
1: Um, it, it was kind of like a, a series of circumstances that actually made this happen. Uh, and he kind of steered it in the right direction. So um, she received a organ transplant. She received a kidney uh, from Maya, which is Aya's. It's so it's so dumb is the fucking names. Uh, <laughs> Aya and Maya. Um, th- she received a kidney from Maya, which is Aya's sister. Uh, a- and apparently, I don't know why, but Maya was the the her body was the one that allowed the mitochondria to thrive.
0: Yeah, so that's that's the one part of the story that I'm kind of missing.
1: I I'm I'm missing it completely. What made her so special?
0: Yeah, exactly. What made her and Aya special?
1: Well, I know what made Aya special.
0: Was it just the same thing that allows her to see Maya?
1: Yeah. Okay. let's well, so, I mean, we'll go ahead and get into it. So, so <laughs> it's like we're, we're holding something back for spoilers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope nobody's like on the edge of their seat with anticipation. Oh, man, what's going to
1: happen? No, uh, so she, obviously her sister is an organ donor. At the same time that she gave Melissa a kidney, she gave Aya a, a cornea, cornea because she had a – apparently she didn't have a cornea. I don't know. Whenever she was a little kid. Um,
0: See, but they don't even explain – Oh, they don't even. The other thing I hate so much. They don't even explain the fact that Aya can see Maya as having anything to do with mitochondria.
1: I think it just has something to do with the fact that she has her cornea.
0: My, Maeda says, "Oh, it, it's long been thought that if somebody dies tragically, the the last thing that they you know the last thing that they saw is or the last thing they thought about is implanted on their cornea." Yeah, something like absolutely has nothing to do with mitochondria completely out of left field
1: yeah they, they're just throwing that shit around also what the fuck is up with him giving uh, Aya fucking trinkets
0: yeah he's giving her all the good luck charms
1: yeah but the the thing is is that, that plays into the final battle because he's like oh I gotta give you something and they're like oh not another fucking trinket get the fuck out of here but then it kind of not oh, it's actually bullets that she needs but we'll get into that in a minute so it's explained that she was she received an organ from Maya. Maya is the the host or the or the person who patient fucking zero. I don't know how you even like explain this. For some fucking reason and it's not told unless somebody out there can tell me. Maya is the one with the mitochondria that can basically take over cells. I don't know why, but what ended up happening was she they 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 gave Melissa her kidney. she now has the mitochondria, and at the same time she was taking these this medication that was prescribed by Dr. Clamp. And this – is this true? I mean what were they called? Something suppressants.
0: Immunosuppressants?
1: There you go. Does that do anything? What does that do?
0: Yeah, that's almost always used during transplant, whether it's for solid organ transplant or stem cell transplants. Okay, Just to ease like – because the fact – the reality of the matter is you're putting a foreign tissue into your own body and your body is meant to reject it. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you suppress your body's immune system so it doesn't recognize that that foreign body as foreign.
1: Now, if if somebody has a a transplant of this kind, do they have to take these things for the rest of their life?
0: No. They 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 generally wean you off of the immunosuppressants.
1: So why was she still taking them like 20 years later? Good question.
0: Maybe they had tricked her into taking them because- So Clamp
1: Clamp tricked her into taking them? Yeah, maybe. And she was stressed out because she was really trying to get this part in this play in the, or in the opera, and she was taking more and more of them. She was taking so much that it s- suppressed shit and allowed the – So was it because – her-
0: like she was getting – was she getting hot without – were the mitochondria, like, going nuts without the immunosuppressant? I
1: guess. I think her body was basically fighting off the mitochondria. But if you, you know, if you take enough of those, it, it, it you're not fighting off the mitochondria anymore. She took enough of them, to, so the mitochondria took over her body. And that was the whole point. Clamp kept giving her the medication so that the mitochondria would take over, and she turned into Eve. What a random happenstance! <laughs> I, I I don't know, but that that is the explanation that he used. So he kills himself, or he tells he 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 gets burned up by Eve. He tells Eve to kill him. She does. He burns up, and we have to go after Eve she's about to have this baby apparently it doesn't take long to get <laughs> to have a fucking kid <laughs> when you have when you're mutated so um in order to escape the uh, the museum we have to go through a couple of bosses um the the ghostbusters goo takes over a Skeleton of a uh, Triceratops and the skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. The Tyrannosaurus was the easiest, seemed like the easiest fucking boss to game. Stay to the side of it and you won't get hit. Yep. Uh, This is also when I tried out Liberate. Yep. And said, well, (laughs) I know what I'm doing from now on. (laughs) Too bad I got this late in the game.
0: Uh, but to be fair, there there weren't any bosses anywhere in the game that, up until this point, that were so ridiculously hard that I felt like I had needed it.
1: Right. I mean, even even the final boss, I think I could I could have took out.
0: You think so? I don't. Right. I don't think I would have been able to.
1: I mean, it, it, it took a long fucking time. I mean, don't get me wrong, because I, I, the, well, there's three stages to it. So, all right, we'll we'll get into that. But uh, so after that, we we have a cutscene of
0: four stages, technically.
1: Yeah, four stages. Um, for the, we run back into Eve eventually. We find her; she's pregnant, and she's about to have her child. Um. And somehow we end up on No, she she is on Liberty Island.
0: Which is Well, I, I like the scene where she is maybe this already happened, but when we find her and then was this the same cutscene where the the blob monster like smashed through the wall?
1: Yeah, that that it was in the museum, I think, where it smashed through the museum and then takes her to Liberty Island, I believe.
0: Right, yeah. It basically picks her up and starts walking towards Liberty Island. Right. But then doesn't it stop and form a ball halfway there? I guess... Because then then they start shooting more missiles at it. And they're bouncing off. It burns them out of... Yeah, the missiles bounce off. And then it or she burns the pilots and all the F-16s and the choppers blow up.
1: Right. So... Uh yeah, that's what ends up happening. Nobody can get close to her without burning up except for Aya, obviously. So we
0: So then they, yeah, they make Aya fly.
1: Yeah, so we 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 go yeah. to the we go to the the naval carrier and the admiral there tasks Aya with flying a helicopter to Liberty Island to basically, they say shoot a nuclear warhead at the fucking thing. And I'm like, like, so you have to do this at a distance. No, you had to be close to it. I was like, that's not how nuclear warheads work guys. (laughs) So you're basically saying this is a suicide mission. You know?
0: (laughs) And the fact they call it powerful missile.
1: Well, I mean, but they say it's a nuclear missile. Yeah. I was like, are you out of your fucking minds? It's like, this is going to level most of New York City. (laughs) But apparently they don't care. And it doesn't. It's it's like you shot a missile at the fucking thing. It's not a nuke. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a mistranslation or something. That's so weird that they said that. (laughs) I mean, it's like people in...
0: Independence Day?
1: Yeah. People in 1998 know what a fucking nuclear missile is. So, anyway, so they want us to basically shoot the glob because we can't. they can't get close to it without burning up.
0: And then we get the crazy... You know, was this meant to be a sad moment when they all decide to change formation? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, remind me again? So basically, she's flying in with all the other people with the choppers, and she's like, all right, now all you guys pull back and I'm going to go ahead by myself. And they all, like form into a line in front of her and basically say, we're all intentionally going to get shot down so that you can make it close enough.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: And then she's like, no, get out of here. I won't let you do this. And they were like, we need to get, you know, it's all about the mission. We're going to help you succeed even if it costs our lives
1: yeah that lasted all of like two seconds not even care <laughs> yeah. that's the other thing they, they've been they've tried to do so many emotional i said that in air quotes emotional fucking parts of this game and they're not emotional at all because you don't care you know i don't care about you know torres whose <laughs> wife was fucking shot i don't care about these navy guys who i've met two seconds ago you know
0: so do you give them points for trying or do you take away points for not fleshing it out enough?
1: I don't think I had points to begin with. <laughs> that that was my thing. I had no points to give out. I was just like, okay. Like that that's the thing. You had to remind me of it because I I was like it it was something that was another thing of like I'm I'm halfway paying attention to the dialogue. Yeah. You know, because it, some of it is dumb. Some of it is I already know this shit, you know? Yeah.
0: See, there were things like that I did not love. Like Again, you're right. There there was very little there, and who cares if these people sacrificed themselves? Um, you know, I don't even know any of the pilots' names. But However, one thing I thought the game did pretty well were some of the – just the, the establishing shots. I had three or four different examples, but the only one that I can think of at the moment is when they were showing that the city was evacuated. Mm-hmm. And they were showing kind of some, just some emptied out areas. They close out that scene with like a slow zoom in on an ice skate that's turned over on the ice. And it's just like alone. And like, it, it it, it was just about there where I'm like, oh man, if that had been a little bit longer, like I, I, that was pretty good. You know, I, I thought that it wasn't just all the explosions and stuff you get at the end of the game. They They took a few seconds at least to breathe and kind of show... Not necessarily the first thing that would come to mind when you think, hey, the city's abandoned. You don't think, who's this little girl whose ice skate was left behind? She didn't have time to take it with her. Right. So some of the, some of the CGI shots, and again, maybe, maybe just because I consider the, the CGI overall to be very, very good, but not just in a technical sense or sort of in an artistic sense. Right. Some of it was, was very strong.
1: It was. Uh, I mean, that's, that was probably the showcase of the entire game was the CGI stuff. Um, Even though there is absolutely no voiced dialogue in this entire game, which kind of yeah. blows my mind because it came out around the same time as Metal Gear, right? Yep. And that's all voiced. Every bit of Metal Gear Solid is voiced, which maybe yeah. that was, maybe that was the, the that, that was the, the forerunner. That was the one that, that started it. You know?
0: So. Yeah. It's tough. Like, I mean, Yes, I would have preferred voice dialogue, but you're right. The dialogue was so shitty in this game. Who cares if it's voiced? Yeah. Any excuse I can have to pay less attention to, it's probably a good thing.
1: So, we shoot the nuclear warhead into the glob, and it just does a regular explosion. It's not, you know, you don't see a mushroom cloud or anything like that, so I'm just like, okay. And, um...
0: Pretty cool though. It knocks over the Statue of Liberty as yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> not it, like it, the Statue of Liberty is covered in goo and falls over, and um, Aya lands on Liberty Island. She,
0: she parachutes she, out.
1: Does she parachute? I can't remember. Yeah. I remember they her show fall. her jump
0: out of the plane and then she's steering the parachute towards the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next fight is with the Statue of Liberty falling over in the background. Yeah. I thought that was pretty awesome.
1: Fighting Eve. Um, the big boss of Act Five or Day Five.
0: Yeah, like the fiftieth time we've seen her.
1: Yeah. So wow,
0: this is like the for real battle.
1: Yeah, we go we go into it. She's like, Oh, I'm surprised you've lasted this long. Always. Typical villain shit, man. Yeah. That's all she says. Typical villain shit.
0: Oh, sh- I kept underestimating you.
1: Yeah. Can't believe this human beat me. You know, it was bullshit like that. So, another fight that was very easy, especially when you do liberate.
0: Although she does have three different sections, yeah. So I had to liberate her twice. Or I liberate did. myself twice.
1: I did too. Um, which we should, i guess—we should explain what liberate is. Liberate is basically like a summon. From Final Fantasy, uh, yeah. Every so, pauses. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, is the idea that you are liberating your mitochondria?
1: I think so. And, and this and is like your mutating.
0: Yeah, your super form or whatever. Yeah. When you're fully unlocked and liberated.
1: So she she turns into this bluish looking angel thing. She yeah. Has she has wings on her arms. That she uses to slash the enemies, and you know she she so tele- about a
0: minute and a half.
1: <laughs> yeah, she teleports to the enemy and slashes them multiple times, and each slash is doing like two hundred damage, if not more.
0: Yeah, it was almost three hundred for me. I spent a lot of time. I was a little over leveled for most of this game. Yeah, I spent a lot of time repeating sections,
1: so um, it's it is a very very powerful move. But the only thing is, there's a few drawbacks. One of them, it empties out your, your P.E. meter. And it leaves her dizzy for like 20 seconds. Yeah, not 20 seconds. Probably about 10 yeah, seconds. I
0: would have
1: said five. That's eh, longer than five, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe close to around 10 seconds. Because I know I got hit a couple of times. And I was like, shit, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um.
0: I actually died once or twice on Eve until I realized just stay away from her so that her little tentacles can't grab you. Yeah, because they did some crazy damage, whereas all the projectiles, all the little spikes and balls of light, only did like twenty, thirty. Yeah, 40 20, damage to me. twenty
1: damage here and there. And the at life. this point,
0: I've got six hundred life, so who cares about twenty damage?
1: Exactly. So uh, yeah, uh, we eventually kill her. She and another CG cutscene. She. Kind of, or, or, and I should explain. Now I see why it has the M rated, uh, or the M rating because, like, the last two acts of this game, all you see is her, is her boobs.
0: Yeah, I was trying to figure out if they were able to do that by not giving her nipples.
1: I think that's what exactly what it was.
0: This is just a lump. It's not necessarily a breast, even though it's sort of two lumps in in the breast breast region.
1: Yeah, very large.
0: Yeah, very large lumps, lady lumps. She's got.
1: So, um, yeah, she she falls over and then melts into goo. I guess that's how you how you when you die. Yeah, she sinks into the goo. Yeah, she sinks into the goo. Um, and that's the end of day five. Um, and I, I should say days. Most of this game takes place at night. Yeah. Um. So you at the end of day five, day six starts like right away, like an hour later. I guess it's midnight, which I guess is six days, and it starts on New Year's Eve. So this is New Year's
0: Eve. I thought it starts on Christmas.
1: Because, yeah, it starts on Christmas Eve. So I guess the final day is on New Year's Eve. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that sounds right. Um. It's the dawn of a new year. Yeah,
1: 1999. Or, nine like 2000. I think the game takes place in 1999, right? Or, no. 98? I can't remember. They mentioned it at the beginning of the game. I can't remember when it is, though. I think it may be Christmas Eve of 1998. I could be wrong. So, um... We're back on the naval carrier. Everybody's like, man, you're a hero. Amazing. And then our cop friend who is with the uh, Wayne. Yeah, Wayne's back. <laughs> Wayne, some, some fucking how Wayne ended up with a naval carrier with all of our shit that we gave him. Yeah, with all the shit that we gave him, all the junk we dropped off, you know, and he he's there and he's talking about he's like, oh, man, I, get, I you know, I can still take shit from you,
0: which they explained by saying, you know, he was the gun nut. And basically, he's like, "Oh, I heard you blasted that thing out of the sky. I had to come see it and see you." Yeah, they just let like him off. So into guns.
1: Yeah, he, he can't. He 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 swam aboard the ship. That's what happened. <laughs> so he um he's there, um, along with a few other people and uh, um the uh, god fucking our partner. What's his name? Uh, Daniel. Daniel. There you go. He's there. Um,
0: Maeda's there.
1: Maeda's there. Uh, it, it's, you know, everybody who's been the major players in this game are here. Um, and um, it's not over.
0: Yeah, we did kill Eve.
1: Yes, Eve is dead.
0: But she happened to also give birth to the ultimate being.
1: Yes. And the ultimate being shows up on the the naval carrier.
0: I like how it's, like, whimpering as it just, like, climbs up over the side of the ship. It's
1: <laughs> so fucking dumb!
0: Yeah. It's so dumb! It's got a big head that's, like, textured like a brain.
1: Yeah, it's like a baby!
0: Bat wings <laughs> and a tail.
1: It's like a it's like a little baby that sounds like a baby. It's, it's like, it, it's cooing like a baby.
0: Yeah. It's got demonic teeth. And-
1: yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Um, And, uh, it's there. And, uh... We had to fight the baby. <laughs> um that that part was pretty easy. I liberated and it died instantly. <laughs> uh then it mutates uh into a more formidable opponent. Child. Yeah. And uh we fight it again. Uh I liberated and it still didn't die, so I had to shoot it a few times. And then it mutates again into i guess an an adult, yeah, um,
0: they call it mature,
1: the mature one, yeah, the mature so
0: he he does look like somebody, he's got like the bald, thin head and like glowing eyes,
1: yeah, and it's got like the 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 typical superhuman like the body. Structure? Mm-hmm. At the abs and shit like that. I mean, it looks like, you know, some the, uh, what a supervillain would look like.
0: He reminded me a little bit of a grown-up Aang from the Avatar. Okay. Grown-up evil Aang, but didn't he have, like, a tail also? Yeah,
1: it had a tail, and it was floating, and it, it had other appendages to it, I believe. And um, the last part... Uh, before before taking on the ultimate being, uh, we have a cutscene with uh, Daniel. Is there, uh, there? She's saying, "Get the hell off! We, we you know, you guys are going to burn up. You need to get out of here." And uh, which
0: reminds me of the other awesome scene, which I, I'm sure you're getting to. Yeah,
1: I, that's what <laughs> I was, yeah, that's what I was getting to. Because in the in the final form of of the uh, the ultimate being, we're doing one damage to it.
0: Yeah, and I'm which...
1: Like, oh, boy.
0: <laughs> I had saved up, and I finally did the uh, did the Liberate, and I'm like, all right, this will do some damage. Yeah, it does one damage each hit for, like, the six hits that it does.
1: <laughs> so I did look at the fact for a second. I was like, am I doing something wrong? And it was like, oh, no, I'm not. Uh, you just gotta, like... I think it said do, like, 20 hit points to it, and then you get the cutscene. Mm. So... <laughs>
0: And another nod to Resident Evil.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, when, when you're fighting something and it's really difficult to kill, and then there's a helicopter flying over.
0: And they throw you what you need. And, and they
1: you throw know. you what you need. Daniel.
0: This is awesome. This totally, like, any negative <laughs> thought I had of Daniel, this scene wipes all of those thoughts away. I mean, he's a badass motherfucker.
1: D- Daniel has always. So yeah, Daniel has always been. A pretty badass. I mean he does not care what you think or what you say. He's going to do what he wants to do. And what he wants to do is so there's a gun. Or not necessarily a gun, it's ammo.
0: Yeah. May or have already gave you the gun. Yeah,
1: he gave us the gun um and he said that we would use it at a later date. And we need ammo for it, which was what he was working on at the museum when we ran into Clamp.
0: And what he was trying to give us before we left
1: to To fight fight it. Yeah. And they thought it was another trinket or whatever. And Daniel's like, ah, let's go. Don't listen to this idiot. And so like, uh, like we get a cut scene while we're fighting the final form of the, the, the Supreme being or whatever. And, uh, they're in the helicopter. He's like, I got this ammo. And Daniel's like, what is this ammo? He said, it has, Ia cells in the bullets, and it will damage, you know, because she is she she is able to repel the mitochondria, the cells. If you inject, I guess if you inject the cells into the ultimate being, it will basically reject it. Yeah, and so Daniel's like, "You idiot, give me that!" He's like,
0: What the fuck? Why didn't you say this before?
1: Yeah, he's like, "Give me that." He takes the ammo clip. And jumps out of the fucking helicopter with no parachute. And while he's falling to the carrier. Yeah,
0: he's falling a long way, probably at least hundreds of feet. Yeah,
1: he's falling hundreds of feet. And while this is going on, he's getting into the vicinity of the ultimate being. And starts burning alive.
0: Bursts into flames.
1: (laughs) He bursts into flames. His face is covered in flames. While this is going on, while he's in midair falling, he throws the clip to (laughs) Aya. Aya puts the clip into the gun. She
0: catches it first. Yeah, she catches it. Even A falling, burning man threw ammo at her. She caught it.
1: (laughs) Then he falls into the ocean. (laughs) And she's she's like Daniel. Oh shit! All right. And then she starts, and and we go back into the battle. Now we're doing a thousand damage per shot to the thing.
0: Yep. And, and we, man, this gun does yeah, a double what? shot, which for you might not have been that much, but I was coming off of spending the whole game doing one shot per <laughs> energy bar, and yeah. that sucked.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we 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 take it out. We 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 don't necessarily kill it, which we'll, we'll get into. But uh, we 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 hurt it enough to where it melts and turns into this like triangular thing that slides across the floor.
0: Yeah. Basically all its parts fall off. Yeah. It's wings fall off. It's, you know, it's lower appendages fall off and it's just like the center mass of it.
1: Yeah. I'm still stuck on Daniel fucking like bursting (laughs) into flames and then falling into the ocean. It's (laughs) dumb. Um, so
0: (laughs) I would love to see it. So, Often, you know, and and this is a totally weird side tangent, but you've seen Seinfeld, right? Yes. Some of my favorite I don't even know how to how to phrase this. Some of my favorite, let's say pe- like pieces of art are really random like the Kramer from Seinfeld or that one painting where George is like is like posing for the girl that he was trying to sh- send his Half naked photos too. Any, anyway, these like these paintings that look like fancy and artistic, but they show something dumb and r- ridiculous. Right, right, right. I would love to see like a like a really nice painting of that scene, like Daniel <laughs> streaking towards the ocean, and like as he's on fire, he's throwing the bullets to, off to the carrier, and somehow hits her right in the hand. I would love to see that as like a fancy painting. <laughs> So dumb. It's so freaking dumb. But so- <laughs> it's dumb in the way like a good action movie is dumb.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is totally like I don't know, like
0: somebody catching an arrow between their hands right before it hits them in the face.
1: Yeah, and this is the first like CGI cutscene I've seen with Daniel in it. <laughs> that motherfucker looks like Barrett Wallace without the the gun arm. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. This is Barrett from fucking Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> Uh, and it, like he, he's got the same face, everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, we 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 shoot it. It it all the appendages fall off, and now it's kind of chasing after us, like like sliding toward us.
0: And I do love the music in this part, as it's basically all like a countdown.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's it's slowly ramping up.
0: Yeah, and the, yeah, the music keeps getting faster and faster and faster as you're going.
1: Yeah. And that thing, like, you could be completely outrunning it, and all of a sudden that thing's right fucking behind you.
0: Yeah, it's like a freaking uh, slasher movie monster. Yeah. Somehow I'm walking, but I will always catch you.
1: So it's, um, we have to make it down to the bottom of the, I guess the boiler room of the, the place, and basically set the entire thing to explode while it's chasing us and then we you know Aya escapes she jumps off of the uh the carrier the carrier explodes with the being on there and i guess kills
0: it. it it really is horrible also that if you mess up at all here and that thing touches you you instantly die
1: really did you die here
0: no i did not Thank God!
1: Yeah, hey, I saw that in the in the fact that we were going by, and I was like, "Good, I'm not gonna I'm gonna make sure this thing does not fucking touch me." Because yeah. I do not want to do all those fucking fights again.
0: Yeah, see, I would have rather this was a harder part, but there was a save right before it. Okay. I wouldn't have minded doing this two or three times to get it right, but I'm surely not gonna risk having to do all those fights again just for the fun of trying to get this right.
1: Exactly. So, um. We blow up the carrier, and I guess cut to a couple of weeks later, we go... I hope
0: so, because that that play that they go to see is in poor form.
1: Yes, exactly. Um,
0: they're, they're going to, you know, it's, uh, they're, like, they're back at the opera. Yeah. And for them to to be bringing flames on stage after hundreds of people burst into flames in the same building. Maybe <laughs> it's not the same building, I don't know.
1: No, it's the it's, Carnegie it's, Hall. <laughs>
0: yeah. That seems like poor form to be bringing flame into that place.
1: Yeah, they're they're showing that and not not only are they doing the same play, they're bringing like flames in and shit like that. <laughs> they're doing the exact same play. Um and and when that happens every like all the people stand up. You know, it shows them like uh, the, everybody who's involved. So, so, uh, Aya's there in her, her, her dress. Uh, Daniel is there in his fucking detective uniform. He's, he's wearing the same shit. is there. And of course, Daniel's son is there. Now we, Ben. Had, ben, but ben yeah. Now, now I need to explain something. It is never explained the fuck Daniel survived that fucking shit. (laughs) Somehow he did without a fucking I mean so
0: so he very clearly survived because the ocean put out the flames now how he's not you know covered in third degree burns that I don't know
1: or when he hit the fucking water like shattered some of his ribs and broke his arms you know (laughs) I mean because he fell at least 300 feet.
0: (laughs) I want to imagine that he was an expert diver in his youth.
1: Maybe so, he, he somehow did not belly flop,
0: <laughs> yeah, despite being on fire, and clearly not able to see his landing,
1: yeah, so um we're all there we're they're at the uh they're at the opera, they're watching it, and at the point where you know Eve fucking comes and kills everybody. It doesn't happen, and you know Ben's there, apparently, Ben's been wearing a fucking robe this entire game. 'Cause when he get you know, when he gets out of the car, it, it totally looks like he's wearing a fucking like robe. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, and so you know, that that's we're all sitting there enjoying the the opera. And then we get another CGI cutscene. Uh this one is uh Aya is uh sitting there enjoying the, the opera and uh it kind of zooms in on her eye. The, uh, her right eye, which was the same eye that was, uh, part of Maya. And that shows the mitochondria, you know, grabbing a hold of cells. And her eyes start to glow. And so does Daniel's eyes. They glow just bright red,
0: bright purple, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, it, it kind of zooms out and pans out and it shows everybody in the audience and everybody in the audience's eyes are glowing red in like this pitch black darkness and then it ends that was actually a pretty cool scene
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i was like whoa <laughs> that's kind of creepy
0: actually yeah yeah i was like but there's a movie like that i don't know if it's like children of the damned or something where it's like a it's dark and all you can see are all their eyes glowing yeah and that's it yeah, that's pretty much it. We got oh, Maya, who was about to what ask her out.
1: Yeah, he was. He was wanting to ask her out, uh, which I, I should mention. And and we totally skimmed over after the fight. Uh, Maya is talking about what exactly happened. He's explaining everything, and that's where we get the explanation of, you know, why I can see, or why Aya can see Maya as a little girl running around is because we have her cornea.
0: Yeah, and her her last memory was implanted on it, which, what oh, f- that made me angry.
1: What the fuck was her last memory, though? A car accident? It had to have been, because that's the last thing she remembers, right? Sure. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
1: No, none of this makes any sense.
0: I mean, I would have been happier at that point if they just said, of course she gets here, mitochondria.
1: You, you could have said that, yeah. it's is like machines from Metal Gear. Yeah. Why did this happen? nanomachines? machines.
0: But to bring another totally random explanation uh, out of nowhere, like, ah, uh, hated that.
1: Yeah, I was just like, come on, this is this is dumb. You know, I mean, he goes, but that's the thing. It's like everything that needed to be explained was wrapped up in five minutes at the very end of the game, and I was like, come on, that's shitty writing. That is yep. just bad writing. That is that is a cop out. Especially after a scene with Daniel bursting into flames and falling into the ocean, I mean, come on, you can have something a little bit better than that.
0: Yeah, I want the follow up to that. There's a yeah. lot of follow up that I want that I didn't get, and a lot of follow up that I didn't want that I did get.
1: Yeah, I totally want him to be like Danny Glover. You know, he he climbs onto the fucking carrier and he's like, "I'm too old for this shit." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and that that that's the end of it. That's the end of Parasite Eve.
0: Yeah, I really want to see if this book is going to be better. I mean, I I can't see how it couldn't be better written, but, you know, does it tie in at all?
1: Is I, I have a feeling it's going to be the events that happen with Maeda.
0: See, I get the sense from one of the descriptions I read that it's just... Yeah, I, I guess he's the only character that really could cross over. Yeah. Maybe Clamp. Maybe somebody references in this book that they sent something to a Dr. Clamp or I don't know.
1: I just, um, I don't know. Overall, I like this game.
0: Yeah, I I, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, as much as, like you said, the ending sucks. It sucks to wrap up all that in five minutes, but. There's a lot of games that have essentially no ending where they don't wrap anything up. So at least this is something that I can say I don't like, but at least I can have a feeling about it instead of just emptiness.
1: I just – um I liked the combat in it. I liked – yep, the overall feel of it was okay. Um, I
0: like the variety.
1: Yeah. There Both was –
0: enemies and not so much weapons because – you know there aren't that many weapons, but yeah, I do like the varieties and locations, the varieties in like the the dimensions of your fight scene, yeah, of your fight area.
1: It's um, it's an interesting title that I I find in many ways surprisingly holds up very well. Yeah, this doesn't feel like a. There is no game like this. You know what I mean? It it like you don't find. RPGs like this that last nine hours or eight hours. So
0: is is that what your final play time was?
1: No, my final play time was eight hours and 20 something minutes
0: in game or like realistically in game. Yeah. My in game was a little over nine, but my actual time was a little over 12, I think.
1: Yeah. So, it, you know, it, like I said, you don't, you don't really see, especially from square, But, like, a RPG in 1998 would be, like, a 40-hour RPG, you know?
0: Now, let me ask you this, though. Going back to what we talked about when we started talking today, you mentioned that Diablo doesn't start until level 70. Okay. Now, this game has basically an entire other game on the EX. Uh Uh-huh. So it's got like a persona style tower climb uh, it's in the it's instead of being a random you know nightmare tower, it's the Chrysler building right, and similar to persona, you can only save it every x number of levels in the Chrysler building it's every ten levels um and you have to like go ten levels, beat a boss, and then you can save it and you have to try and get all the way to the top of the tower and you get all kinds of new gear that you don't get in the regular game. Mhm. Um I believe you can go back and play the regular game over again with all that new gear. So, one might say that this game doesn't start until the EX version.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I don't
0: know how valid that is, but someone could say that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I did not touch it. So, I you know full disclosure on that. Um but yeah, that that sounds about right. So, we'll um, you know, Do you want to go do the Chrysler building?
0: I don't want to do a part three and record the the Chrysler building, but (laughs) if we ever have to do a one-off, I wouldn't mind checking it out. Right. I I I like the game enough to where I'm not, like, so happy to be done with it that I want to put it on the shelf and never think of it again. Uh Like I said, I did. I ordered Parasite Eve book the the original the the translation of the book, as well as the the third birthday for the PSP. Okay, like I, I I like the whole story. I like the whole idea of it, and I wouldn't mind seeing what else is in Parasite Eve. I also wouldn't mind doing Parasite Eve two at some point.
1: Yeah, that's that that would be the next thing for me if I wanted to continue to play this one, and I would love to to explore this series a little bit more. But the next thing on my list would probably be Parasite Eve two.
0: Yeah, me too
1: so um but yeah it, like i said it, as far as like a, a playstation one title goes i think this holds up very very well you know is it with with not just the content uh the the combat system but also with um j- just the pacing there are a few areas that really got on my nerves you know and and Um, but it, it wasn't an overly long game. You could feel, you could tell that it had a beginning, a middle and an end and not just a, an, a part that was all about padding and shit like that. You know, they could have easily made this game padding Yep, and they didn't.
0: So, um, and I do agree. I do appreciate how much story is in there. You know, it's it's ridiculous at some parts and it's terribly told at some parts, but you know, you get it kind of peppered through the whole the whole game. Right. I mean, early, early on in the game, you're talking to Clamp, so you know something's going on there. So, yeah, I mean, I... Almost all of the parts, I, th- I, don't, I don't think there's any one glaring weakness that the game has. Yeah. For its time. You know, it's, it's a pretty solid game. You know, its length might have been a weakness in 98. You know, I, I might consider that a, a positive now. Yeah.
1: I most certainly do so uh, that is the end of Parasite Eve for us um, if you would like to send me an email and suggest games to us or tell us what you thought of Parasite Eve or other games in our series uh, you can send me an email as drew at ztgd.com it just so happens we have an email uh, it's a very long email Some of my favorite ones Um, This one comes from Dustin Uh, The subject is Finally happened And he says uh, Well after a year plus of Selected listening to podcasts Of games I completed And haven't played yet on Phoenix Down You guys finally sucked me Into playing Parasite Eve with you guys
0: Ah nice
1: I admit it started earlier when you were talking about starting Dragon Age Inquisition. I decided to do the whole series this winter and played through the trilogy this December and January and recently finished up. My f- a few thoughts I have on those games are, and here we go, Dragon Age Origins. I didn't feel connected with the other party members and basically just kept Leliana with me, female elf mage, which was who he was. Uh, Morgan and Alistair as my group the entire game. I just didn't care about the rest of the people, even though I recruited everyone but Logan. Hmm. I felt if your character had a voice, maybe it would have helped. But besides, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, but, but besides that, the graphics being a bit dated, I enjoyed the game, although I was fatigued by the time I got to playing through Awakening and the other DLC. Side notes. I romance Leliana, had Morgan and Alistair have a demon baby, and had that one lady be queen since uh, she wouldn't marry Alistair since I had him kill Loghain. Uh, Also requested the circle was broken up from the queen. Dragon Ace 2. This game, I really enjoyed getting to know most of the group and swapped people in and out more, but ended up being the majority of me, female human warrior. Isabella, romanced her, uh, Meryl, since Bethany was in and out, and Anders. Gripes I have are the usual repeated areas, not a lot of exploration, but I still enjoyed it mainly due to the character interactions. Side notes. Everyone stayed with me at the end. I chose mage side. Beth uh, became a gray warden, and I wanted to kill Anders for blowing up the temple, but released him. You should have killed that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. This game, I didn't switch characters as much as two, but still mixed them up quite a bit, but ended up settling with me, female Canari rogue, Blackwall, Sarah should have romanced her instead of Josephine. A lot of work and little reward. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, and Dorian, I just decided, uh, and uh, since I didn't like most of the other characters, and was tired of hunting them down to do their side quests. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I I found that to be a little bit of a chore in Inquisition as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, gripes were overwhelmingly, overwhelming size of the world and all the crap they throw it, throw at you, uh, with lack of direction for the main story and making most of the side quests kind of meaningless. A few things I wanted to bring up was I found Alistair in my game and I was surprised none of you did when, uh, you did. And when you're in the fade, you have to choose between Hawk and that random character to die. I had to choose between Hawk and Alistair. So (laughs) I, so I chose Hawk since I hated how she talked. I just kept thinking I would never say that as her. Another big difference was I had Morgan drink from the well and the boss fight there was Samson. I sided with the mages again. Uh, and some of the Templars, but when her boy turns into the fade, we meet up with Flemeth and she takes the soul of the ancient one from the boy. Morgan gets Morgan gets her son back and Flemeth uh, leaves and Morgan agrees to help us in the final battle. I didn't have to prove anything or track down a dragon and I was kind of mad since I missed another dragon fight. Other than that, I was a bit disappointed. I didn't really hear anything from Bethany and some of the other choices in the previous games I made. I wish they implemented that more like in Mass Effect, even though most of it was a comment and a message at your ship. At least I got a nod to it. Maybe I wasn't looking in the right places or skipped over a codex they were mentioned in. I digress. Back to the game. I'm finally playing at... The same time as you guys, Parasite Eve, this game has aged well. I really don't mind the graphics, and the pace of her walk is fine with me. (laughs) Uh, Works. (laughs) When I cast, I'll tell you this, when I cast haste, I liked how she walked then. Uh, But otherwise, she just Scooby-Doo walked the entire time. Uh, I really don't mind the graphics and the pace for walks. Fine for me. Uh, works well with the areas in combat, which is enjoyable. I even like the cutscenes. Brings back some memories when those were the coolest parts of games. Yep. Uh, just picked up uh, day four. Just finished up day four. Uh, been enjoying the boss fights and the story. It took a bit to fully understand the customization of your equipment, so wasted a couple of tools, but got the hang of it now. And how to transfer the stats and abilities you want.
0: Yeah, luckily, a lot of the things, if you have enough tools, you can make up for some of those mistakes just by incorporating all of that into your next weapon. Yeah. So I I thought that was kind of cool.
1: I said, well, feels like I just wrote a small essay, uh, but keep up the good work. Consider uh, PE2, Parasite Eve 2, and Third Birthday for future playthroughs. And if you do Metal Gear Portable Ops, that will give me an excuse to finish that game since I quit at the first boss. Thanks, Dustin. P.S. Do yourself a favor and finish Xenogears. You can't leave backlogs unfinished. Well, there's two things I need to answer. We will not be doing Portable Ops because I don't think Ken wants to break out his PSP.
0: Asterisk, if you ever want to do that at a later date... Okay. Or, even, or even just talk about it as a one-off. I, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that.
1: Okay. I don't actually own that game. I'm sure I can find it somewhere, but um, I've I've never actually played it. Um, and the uh, second one is I don't think we're ever going to finish Xeno Gears.
0: Yeah, that one's tough. I mean, if if I still had my save, I could try to undo some of the hours that I had put in to get to a point where i wouldn't be stuck right but that save was gone when my ps3 died so we're looking at another 45 to 50 hours to get back to where i was oh right
1: you played it on ps3 i played mine on psp
0: i played it yeah well i probably should have done that because i love playing rpgs on my psp
1: yeah that was the thing i was like um it was one of those things where I was, I was like, "Yeah, I'll sit down and play some Zeno Gears," and I'd play it on my PSP because you know, obviously, my ex would be watching murder porn, <laughs> so um, I would uh, play Zeno Gears. Um, I don't know, like, when you hit that other disc in that game, and the game drastically changes to a storybook with boss fights. I don't know if I liked that too much that's just my personal opinion. Apparently that's when the game really picks up as, as as the story picks up as far as like going into the whole religion and God and stuff like that thing, uh, which I did play a little bit of it. And I was just like, I don't like, it felt like a totally different game. You know, it, it was like, it felt like a separate game completely. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um,
0: Yeah, if if I can get anywhere near back to where I was, I would love to revisit it, but...
1: That's a long-ass game.
0: That's a long-ass game. It's one of the longest games I've played. Hmm. You know, that's some of the most time i put into a game in the last five years, and to have to do that all over again just to get to the prospect of new stuff is daunting.
1: Yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't think Phoenix Now will ever finish Xenogears.
0: Who knows? Ten years from now, you know, never say never.
1: That's true. I still own the game, you know, obviously. So, I mean, I can't go back to it if I want to, you know, if I get bored one day and say, let's do Xeno Gears for real. But, um, but yeah, I do appreciate that email, Dustin. I, yeah, that's awesome. Send more. I I love to hear feedback on everybody. Uh, you know, I know we have a good amount of listeners out there, and I want to hear your guys' opinion on stuff. Um, you know, it's it's always good to hear back from from our listeners because I know we we actually have a, a, a decent amount of listeners, which surprises the shit out of me. So <laughs> um but like I said, you you can send us all an email. It, once again, it's Drew at ZTGD.com. Um you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury, Matt is at R E M G S. And uh the podcast itself is at Z T G D Phoenix Down. Um. Next week. It's uh, been a long time coming. We're finally doing Metal Gear Solid. We're making this year. 2015 is the year of Metal Gear. Because the Phantom Pain will be coming out this year. And I really want to. Play through all the Metal Gears again. And this this is the one that I'm the most excited about. That's the thing. Because this is my. I have said it before you know it's it partially because of nostalgia but partially because i think it's a fantastic game and it blew me away when i was a kid this is my favorite game of all time
0: mm. see metal gear solid 3 is actually my favorite game of all time and metal gear solid 1 is top three
1: see i i will i will completely say as far as gameplay goes And and probably even story wise, Metal Gear Solid Three is a far superior game to Metal Gear Solid One. You know, just because it's newer, um, and it 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 is very very good. You know, especially from the from when I played Metal Gear Solid Two, and I like Metal Gear Solid Two. I love all the Metal Gear games, but to me, Metal Gear Solid Two is the weakest of them all.
0: And it's still a great game.
1: And it's still it's still a great game, but w- but going from Metal Gear Solid Two to Metal Gear Solid Three is fucking night and day difference, yeah. uh, as far as quality. Uh, according to my opinion, as far as quality goes, Metal Gear Solid Three blows two out of the water. You know, and that like when we get into Metal Gear Solid Three, I'll talk about my history with that game. Was like I got out of video games. Like, for for about two years when I was in college, I didn't play many video games. I I completely yeah. got out of the entire scene. I didn't either. And then, like, I went to a GameStop, you know. I was like, ah, you know, I, I still have my PS2. I want to go to a GameStop. And, you know, I saw a used copy of Metal Gear Solid 3 on the shelf. And I was like, whoa, they made a fucking Metal Gear Solid 3? I, I bought that thing immediately. Yeah, you know, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to get back into this." That Metal Gear Solid Three was the game that got me back into video games after after getting out of college. <laughs> that that was because I was like, you know, I I honestly for like two years I didn't play any games. I, I missed Metal Gear Solid Three. It came out during that time, and like a bunch of other games. I was just you know that was the game that I was like, yeah, I was already. I had a I made a conscious decision. i like, yeah, I want to get back into games. That's why I went to GameStop. And when I saw Metal Gear game it came out during my absence I was like, "Well, yes, this is what I need to do." So, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid 1, Tactical Espionage Action. We're going to be talking about that uh the next 2 weeks. Uh we're going to get into some lore. We're going to get into some really nerdy shit with Metal Gear. And
0: prepare yourselves.
1: Prepare yourselves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna try and talk about the history of Metal Gear without fucking it up. And luckily, I have somebody who supposedly knows everything there is to know about Metal Gear besides Hideo Kojima himself. So we'll we'll go by that. But uh, I'm fucking excited. I'm so excited to get into this. I, Metal Gear is my favorite franchise. Period. Without a doubt. Yep, me too. So, uh, man, I can't wait. But that will be next week. We will be uh, talking about Metal Gear Solid, uh, the first half of it. I- I'd say probably Matt it- it play to when Snake gets put in prison. Okay. So I- I'd I'd say uh, we'll we'll stop there, and then the the second half will be after you escape and and the ending and stuff like that. So yeah. You know, after the sniper wolf encounter, the first sniper wolf encounter, I guess, is when we, when we should, uh, stop. I think that's when he gets kid, when he gets captured, right? You know, Meryl gets shot, and then you have to go back and get a sniper rifle, and then you fight her, and then, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. She, she, yeah, that, it's coming back to me now. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that and um that's it for us i appreciate everybody listening we got another game in the bag it it, it was a decent game we're we're gonna stick to our ps1 trend with metal gear solid but until then i am drew and i'm matt and we are out of here you guys have a great week and uh we will be back next week with some tactical espionage action